Hi, welcome to Faith, Coffee, and a Kid podcast. I'm your host, Cherie, and I am so happy you're joining me today. Um, I hope you're having a great 4th of July if you're celebrating it and you are cooking out and eating yummy food and hanging out with friends and family. Um, I am super excited about kicking off this new seven-day series about women in the Bible whose thoughts reflect Philippians 4.8. Um, If you caught my short podcast yesterday, you know that this series is inspired by a ladies Bible study I hosted on breaking the chains of stinking thinking. And the foundation of that class was based on Paul's prescription for godly thinking in Philippians 4.8, where he tells us to think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And on the last day of class, we examined a brief overview of women in the Bible whose thoughts and eventually behaviors reflected these things. And so I thought it would be a great idea to have a podcast series on these women so that we can dig deeper into you know, looking at how they thought. Um, And of course, we don't know exactly what they were thinking, but we can kind of glean from, you know, their actions um, and the outcomes of what they were thinking about or what it was in alignment with. If you hear some birds in the background, I apologize. I actually had to leave the house. (laughs) I met my parents in Pittsburgh um, so that, you know, Every, everything was just really noisy. So I came to a park and hopefully, um, you know, this will be better. So please excuse the birds, um, but I'm going to jump right in. So our first episode is going to be about Mary, sister of Martha. And we are going to look at her thoughts and how they were in alignment with what I believe is whatever is praiseworthy. So I thought it would be a good idea to kick this off by looking at Martha and her background in scripture. So we know that Mary is the sibling of Martha and Lazarus, um, and they live in a village of Bethany near Jerusalem. And we also know, importantly, that they are friends with Jesus and that Jesus loves them and has great compassion for them. And we see this in John eleven five, where it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And this speaks to Jesus as the man who had, you know, human feelings. And I think it speaks to us in the sense that, you know, Jesus is not this unreachable savior. He's our friend as well as our father and that we can talk to him like a friend. We also know that Jesus felt compassion toward them. And we read this in um, John eleven thirty three through 35, when it talks about how Lazarus died and Jesus went there. And, you know, Mary and Martha were, of course, distraught and the people were weeping. And it says that Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled and he wept. And so I find this scripture very comforting and practical in a way because it reminds us that Jesus cares about the details in our life. And when we are hurting, Jesus knows and he is there for us. So it tells us in scripture that Mary had a few encounters actually with Jesus. Um, The one we're going to discuss today is the one in Luke 10, 38 through 42. So if you want to open up your Bibles, um, but where Jesus is the honored guest at the home of Mary and Martha. 
Now, there were some other encounters, and those occur in John 12, 1 through 8, where Mary anoints Jesus's feet with a bottle of expensive perfume, and in John 11, where um, Jesus comes to them when Lazarus dies. So we know that Jesus really did have a relationship with these siblings. Um, so I'm going to read Luke 10, 38, 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are upset and worried about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And looking at this scripture, we see that Jesus is an invited and esteemed and honored guest. And Martha was really busy with the preparations. I mean, can you imagine having Jesus for dinner? That would be pressure for even the most seasoned hostess. I always say that Martha gets a little bit of a bad rap here because, you know, I know how I get when I'm having people over for a dinner or a party. I want to make sure that everything is in its place, that it looks lovely, that things are prepared properly. And most of all, I want to do what I can to make people feel comfortable and welcome. Now, throw into the mix the Messiah coming and we are taking preparations to a whole new level. So you can understand or sympathize at least with Martha's feelings of anxiousness and worry and even a bit of irritation that her sister is not helping and she voices it. And Jesus says to her tenderly, Martha, Martha, you are upset about many things, but only one matters. And Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Here is Martha trying to make sure that everyone's getting fed, right? And she's probably trying to make everything perfect, but she misses that perfection is sitting in her presence and that the real food that is needed to sustain everyone is right there in front of her. And it's Jesus. Jesus says that one thing is needed and indeed that is him. Now let's make the connection to thinking. Martha's thoughts are centered in service, right? Physical service. And I think that she was trying to praise Jesus through the details. Mary's thoughts seemed aligned with whatever was praiseworthy. She's thinking about praising, worshiping, and listening to Jesus and takes a humble position at his feet, which she also does in John 12 when she pours the expensive perfume on his feet and wipes it with her hair. Mary's attention is directly focused on Jesus. He is her priority, and there are no distractions clouding her vision. The word praiseworthy is made up of two words, praise and worthy. To praise is to glorify, worship, honor, show reverence or devotion. And worthy worthy means of value. So when we are thinking in alignment to what is praiseworthy, our thinking is centered on the attributes and actions of God. We are not thinking in a secular way of what the world tells us to praise, which are things that have temporary value, right? The world wants us to praise the external. Instead, we are talking about praising that which is spiritual, praising that which is the internal, 
So when we are thinking, when our thinking is in alignment with godly thinking, we become aligned with God and the things of God and not of the world, which often include, right, the many preparations we're faced with in everyday life. As we look deeper into Mary's mindset, let's look at a couple of definitions of mindset and attitudes. So mindset is an established firm set of attitudes, a mental inclination, or a fixed state of mind. Attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling reflected in our behavior. When we break down Mary's mindset, here's what I gleaned from it. Mary's mindset was firmly established and rooted in her love, obedience, and faith to Jesus. This is her thoughts, and eventually those thoughts um, spur action right? So her mind was arranged to focus on Jesus. Her mental inclination or mental disposition was to lean toward Christ, both physically as she sat at his feet and mentally as she gave him her attention. Her thinking or thought process was centered on praise. And the attitude of Mary was that Jesus should be worshiped that he was her priority and came first and deserved her attention, reverence, honor, and devotion. Her behavior represented both her attitude and her mindset. Mary did what we are told to do in Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Mary was soaking up the righteousness of Jesus. She chose what was better. For us to choose what is better, our mind has to be in position to seek God, to think about what is praiseworthy, because when we do that, then we are able to choose what is better. In the sea of choices that we have every day, it is important to know which one we need the most, which is always Jesus. For us to seek the kingdom, we must be kingdom-minded. And I think that is something that we um, really need to, to focus more on because when we are thinking about what is praiseworthy, it puts us in a kingdom state of mind. And, you know, actually the Bible mentions the word praiseworthy seven times, 17 times, and we are told to praise God. And there is a reason for that. Just take a few of these examples. Psalm 34.1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Psalm 35.28, then my tongue shall tell of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Psalm 57.7, my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. We are created to praise God. Our mind and heart are connected. So if our mind is fixed on God, then our heart will be fixed on God. And and vice versa. When our heart is fixed on God, our mind is fixed on God. When we mouth words of praise, we squash away the worries and anxiety that plagues us in the details of the day or the circumstance or seasons of our life. Those stinking thinking seeds that the enemy tries to plant are suffocated when we re-fertilize our mind with the seeds of praise. Jesus recognized Mary for her praise, not just once with Martha, but again when she poured the perfume on his feet. And Judas said that the money for this very expensive perfume could have been used for the poor. 
And Jesus said, leave her alone. It was intended that she use it for my burial. Once again, Mary's thoughts were in alignment with praising Jesus and knowing what was worthy of praise. In contrast, right, Judas's thinking was focused on worth in a material and worldly sense. And unfortunately, we know the outcome of Judas's life. Mary's mind was positioned for purpose, which was to praise Jesus, right? Mary was undoubtedly a servant of, of Christ, and that was her purpose. And see, the beauty of thinking in alignment with God is that it brings about obedience, which brings about blessings. And Mary was so blessed because she was able to soak up Jesus's presence and listen to him, which I'm sure in turn strengthened her faith. The other blessing is the peace of mind she had when she made Jesus her priority, right? All that anxiousness, all that, you know, those feelings of being overwhelmed with whatever situation, she had a peace that passes that understanding that, you know, that we often escape, that often escapes us. And so blessings come in physical forms and that is great. But then there are those blessings that come that we can't see, but we can feel. And it's, and it's that peace that transcends our understanding. Also, when she used the perfume, Jesus said she was intended to use it for his burial. Wow. So Mary was a part of the most amazing and impactful moment in Christian history. So what I hope you take away from Mary is that in our often hurried life, in our desire to take care of all the details, to not lose sight of what we were created to do. And that is to make God our number one priority and to love and praise him with our whole mind, body, and spirit. To not allow the distractions of the day to interfere with us thinking in a praiseworthy manner and to examine our attitudes and mindset and remember in a world that is always telling us that we need you know, only one more thing, right? Um, if you had this, you would be happy. Or if you did this, or if you traveled here or there, it would just, you know, make your life so much better. Just remember this, that only one thing is truly needed, and that is Jesus. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you didn't hear too many distractions in the background. Um, and I, I pray that you take a deeper look into the scriptures about Mary and that you join me for our second day where I will discuss Lydia. And we are going to talk about how Lydia's uh, thinking is in alignment with whatever is lovely. So listen, have a blessed day and go and get your praise on.